coming up on This Week in Games, E3, the industry's biggest conference, is officially canceled. GDC Online kicks off today on Twitch, and Unity and Unreal make critical art acquisitions. Coming up, This Week in Games. It's that time of the week for your video game industry news rundown. I'm your host, Aaron McConnell, and despite the COVID-19 wreaking havoc all over the world in the game industry, we have a jam-packed week full of news acquisition and fundraising that has nothing to do with the virus. I'll kick it off with our two virus-related stories, but I promise we have much more than doom and gloom here. So to kick it off, I'm sure we all know by now, E3 has officially been canceled. So after weeks of evaluation, the ESA, the parent company that oversees E3, has decided to camp- cancel the game industry's biggest expo. The ESA released a statement, uh, quote, after careful consideration with our member companies regarding the health and safety of everyone in our industry, our fans, our employees, our exhibitors, and our longtime E3 partners, we have made the difficult decision to cancel E3 2020 scheduled for June 9th through 11th in Los Angeles. Xbox will hold a digital conference in June to show off the Xbox Series X and the Project X Cloud. Other publishers are hinting at streaming the planned press conferences for A3, looking at other options for digital conferences themselves as well. <clears throat> yeah, this shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. Um, it would honestly be in poor taste and irresponsible at the current moment to continue with E3, given that it's coming up in June. Today, California's governor is calling for a closed bars, nightclubs, wineries, and breweries, and restaurants to focus on takeout and maximize social distancing. Uh, In fact, the president is giving a press conference right now stating (laughs) stating that uh, we should avoid gatherings of 10 or more people. Luckily, this is occurring in 2020 where most gamers get their news from websites and streams, buy games digitally over going to stores to buy them physically, and social media helps companies release presentations on their own terms. So, Hopefully the industry can keep going. Um, we are a digital industry, and you know, let's try to make the best of 2020 while we can, people. More COVID-19 related cancellations. BAFTA Awards will be moving to an all-digital award ceremony, so the BAFTA Game Awards will take place April 2nd to no live audience but be streamed. Microsoft's Build Conference, which occurs in May, is a Microsoft Angle Developer Conference, similar to Google I.O., Facebook F8. Um, which have both have been canceled, and Apple's WWDC will move to a virtual conference. Riot has canceled all live events related to the League Championship Series. Tickets will be refunded to fans, and competitions will occur without audiences at Riot Studios. The ESL has canceled major Dota 2 events uh, and is working with Valve to reschedule them. 2K announced that 2020 NBA 2K League start will be postponed, and they're working on further updates. The Call of Duty League has also canceled all live events and will hold events online with commentary teams. Similarly, Overwatch League has canceled all live events for March and April, and the competition will still take place but without audiences and be streamed online. And on a positive note, GDC has kicked off today with GDC Online. Head over to twitch.tv GDC to watch the pre-recorded talks from GDC 2020 presentations streaming right now. Like right now. Um, I've already watched three amazing talks this morning, and they're arguably, you know, to be honest, arguably better than watching them in a live presentation because I'm not in a stuffy room. I don't have some kind of weird, awkward angle to the screen and the presenter. I don't have a pad of paper. Instead, I'm on my couch, I'm in my pajamas, and I have a coffee in hand. So it's actually kind of nice. Uh, the talks will air Monday today until Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. 
Now, the Independent Games Festival and the Game Developers Choice Awards will be streamed 5 p.m. on Wednesday. The talks from GDC 2020 will also be posted on the GDC Vault, and many will be posted on GDC's YouTube page for free over the next few weeks. A schedule can be found at gdconf.com under the G- under virtual GDC tab. All right, no more virus-related news, all game industry news from here on out. Let's keep it positive. So another big game shies away from randomness as Bungie will no longer sell randomized loot boxes in Destiny 2. Bright Ingrams, uh, the name of the IEP loot boxes in Destiny 2, will no longer be available in Destiny 2's upcoming Season 10. A Bungie employee reported on the matter, quote, We want players to know what something costs before they buy it. Bright Ingrams don't live up to that principle, so we'll no longer be selling them on the Eververse store, I guess their digital storefront, though they will still appear on the free track of Season Pass, end quote. Yeah, so, I mean, it seems like, reading between the lines, uh, Bungie likely didn't like them from the beginning, and Activision Blizzard is the one who pressured them in having loot boxes in the game. This follows many other AAA developers and publishers that are switching to transparent loot boxes like we've seen from Valve and Psyonix or getting rid of randomness altogether from their rewards. Great move, Bungie. Um, if the ESRP and the ESA will not help regulate the industry, self-regulation is the next best step to help fight off uh, kind of looming government regulation at this point. We really don't want to get game mechanics classified under gambling. So... This is all great stuff if more publishers could step in and either make transparent loot boxes or get rid of them altogether. Honestly, I I think at this point there is a lot of alternatives to just outright loot boxes that you won't see um, a giant revenue cliff, if anything at all. So you can research that. Um, Maybe I'll bring it up later. But a lot of publishers have said, like, you know, switching to season pass models, switching to other stuff um, to get rid of loot boxes. Uh, they, they're not really seen as big of a drop-off in revenue as they expected. Next up, Activision CEO Activision, Activision Blizzard names a new COO and president to be Daniel Allegre, a former Google executive and employee of Google for 16 years. So Allegre is known for opening Google's first Latin America office in 2004 and has held many executive and presidential roles in the technology firm since then. Currently, he's currently titled President of Global Retail Shopping and Payments. Cody Johnson, the current Activision Blizzard COO and president, will stay on as special advisor to longtime CEO Bobby Kotick. He's been a CEO for like since 1991, I believe. Pretty interesting choice. And by that, I mean, it's kind of a sign of the times. It's a person that has never worked in the video game industry before. And it really shows you that Activision Blizzard is more of a multinational, like, conglomerate powerhouse than they are a game company and that their need of C-suite leadership that comes from Harvard Business School and Harvard Law School with executive experience at Google rather than people within the game industry and have worked in the industry for years. You know, I'm really curious to see what, if any, changes we can attribute to Allegre uh, at the giant publisher now. Like, what would an outsider with years of experience at Google come in an Activision Blizzard and change? What kind of perspective would be different? Now, COO is a pretty powerful position at most companies. President is more of a cheerleader, <laughs> from my understanding, an internal cheerleader, while the CEO is the external you know, cheerleader. But it changes up at companies. I have no inside knowledge of how C-suite works at Activision Blizzard, but be interesting to see. Next, Nintendo wins patent dispute against Game Vice. So 
GameIndustry.biz is reporting that Nintendo is victorious in the 19 claims GameVice has filed against a Japanese company. GameVice claims that removable controllers on the side of a screen infringe on its own patent to have controllers on the side of smartphones and tablets, and that Nintendo's entire console is copied from their accessories. Uh, that's a tough sell. Um, the Patent and Trial Appeal Board stated, quote, GameVice does not contest Nintendo showing that these dependent claims are unpatentable, nor does GameVice offer any other argument or evidence in support of patentability. In quote, Nintendo honestly eats up patent infringement and spits them out. Like, I've never understood, like, this is, you know, Nintendo's getting, <clears throat> gotten hammered for patent infringements ever since the Wii days. The Wii got hammered, like, it seemed like every month with some new crazy company that's like, hey, we thought of, like, motion controls, uh, we just never succeeded with them, but Nintendo copied our patent. I never understood why all these small accessory companies like continue to claim that the, the most innovative console company in the world is infringing on their patents with their patents being for like dinky hardware ideas that never came to fruition or did and you know look nothing like it play nothing like it or don't, don't offer anything new like we've had movable controllers you know I was born in 87 and I remember as a kid like removable removable controllers motion controllers like Hell, the power glove is technically like a motion controller. Um, I don't know. It's not like anybody's ever thought of detachable controllers before. Just just ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> speaking of ridiculous, Bloomberg, next up, Bloomberg is reporting Magic Leap is looking for buyers. So the AR company that couldn't, and also one of the most expensive startups in the world, Magic Leap is looking for someone to buy them out. According to Bloomberg, Magic Leap is looking for a small $10 billion buyout for the entire company. Magic Leap has raised over $2 billion in cash alone. That would make them assessing their tech and patents to be valued at over $7 billion. Bloomberg also reported Johnson Johnson has been in talks with the company, but so far, no buyer that Magic Leap has reached out from has made it past the first round of conversations. Generally a bad sign. Magic Leap sold AR headsets last year for over $2,200 and surprisingly didn't reach sales expectations. Also, Magic Leap is said to have little to no developer interest, likely stemming from the extreme cost of headsets. Um, yeah, so AR is still too expensive. I, I mean, like, my, Microsoft had the HoloLens a long time ago, and, you know, everybody's, it's still too expensive. And developers won't pay, won't develop for your product if they themselves can't afford said product. You know, I don't think this should be a surprise to anyone. It's like most of the developers who are early on to platforms like this are people who find the tech interesting, people who are kind of like tinkerers, and those people generally don't want to spend $2,000 on plus on a headset and make software for rich people who have $2,200 to spend on entertainment headsets. But that being said, that trailer six years ago where the elephant was in the person's hand, that was something, wasn't it? I don't know. Who's going to buy Magic Leap? It's going to be tough at $10 billion. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, some sad news. Game Informer, a nearly 30-year-old game news outlet, is hit by another wave of layoffs. Six employees lost their job as Kathy Preston, Game Informer's publisher, 20 years retired. This comes after layoffs to its editorial staff last August that hit the company when parent company GameStop had to cut costs. Uh, game news or game journalism is such a hard, you know, industry today. And, you know, in the age of, like, Twitter journalism and commoditized news, it's so hard to get legitimate quality, like, journalists 
to be at the forefront and have people pay or have them generate income for their quality and their insights. And I do not like envy you guys. I, I pity you guys. It's it's rough out there, but someone has to do it. And I'm really happy that people are still going into game journalism, you know, actually going into it with integrity. Uh, we need more. And yeah, we need a business model that works. Next up. Speaking of layoffs, Disruptor Bream lays off nine staff members during a pivot away from game development towards game services. So this isn't that big of a surprise given the news last year or last week. So following the news last week, the sale of Star Trek Timelines to publisher Tilting Point, Disruptor Bream lays off development staff and will focus on its game engine, Disruptor Engine. Tilting Point's opening up a Boston studio to take over Star Trek Timelines, live operations and further development. Makes sense. It, hopefully you guys can get jobs. Um, positive news. Sayonara Wild Hearts developer Simogo signs multi-year deal with publisher Annapurna Interactive. I am jealous. Simogo, uh, developer behind the 2019 indie hit Sayonara Wild Hearts, will have indie publisher Annapurna Interactive publish all games for all platforms over the next whatever multi-year means. Uh, great news for Simogo. You know, they've honestly developed three amazing games so far, and Annapurna Active is really an indie hit publishing machine. I can't think of a better partnership for both of them. I wish Annapurna Interactive would reach out to me. Like, that, they're the best. They really are. It, go on their website and look at what games Annapurna Interactive has published, and it's, like, literally legit not a single, like, turd in there. They're just all amazing hits, uh, all quality games, all still artful while approachable and probably most have turned a decent profit too so great partnership all around and speaking of uh, partnerships GameStop appoints former Nintendo of America head Reggie Phil's aims to its board of directors so Reggie will join the former CEO of Walmart and current president and CEO of PetSmart as new board members to GameStop smart move by GameStop you know two retail giants and well-respected publisher developer leader uh, the real question is, what will GameStop do at this point to pivot away from kind of like their dwindling game retail sales? Who knows, but I'm sure Reggie and the rest of the guys can come up with something. Like, I mean, GameStop can't do any worse at this point. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. And in interesting news, 2K signs multi-year partnership with NFL to develop multiple titles, though it's not what you think. So the NFL has signed a deal with 2K to allow 2K to develop multiple new video games. However, those video games can't compete with Madden's EA's Madden series, which classified as a simulation game. So if EA has exclusive rights to simulating the game of football, what did 2K pay for, you might ask? So 2K said they will make, quote, approachable and social experiences, end quote. So you have to put on your thinking hat, hmm, what does social experiences mean and why would 2K pay likely millions of dollars for rights to make social experiences with the NFL that aren't video games simulating football? And this reads to me as either A, gambling, which sports gambling has now become nationally legal but is still regulated at a state level, or B, the other form of gambling, which is fantasy football, and the likes of uh, DraftKings and whatever that other one is. Now, at the very least, 2K could develop NFL like collectible card games, gotcha card games, but even so, that's kind of borderline gambling, as seen by NBA 2K's Dream Team mechanics. Um, 
it's not a good look for 2K. I, I'll wait and see what they're going to develop, but God, like seeing how NBA 2K Dream Team <laughs> makes up something ridiculous, like sometimes like 40% of their entire publishing revenue alone, uh, they're probably looking to do the same thing with the NFL. But please prove me wrong, 2K. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't want to be this pessimistic. All right, we got some business news. That was a lot of news, a lot of news in the day of coronavirus. So, and we 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 still have to hit business news. So let's kick it off. Business news. First up, Twitch signs megastars Doctor Disrespect and Pokey Mane to multi-year Twitch exclusivity deal. So firing back at 2019, which saw an exodus of major Twitch stars to Microsoft Mixer, Facebook's game streaming, and YouTube, Twitch signs two of its biggest stars to exclusivity deals. Both contracts are two-year deals with undisclosed amounts, but there were hints that those amounts were at least millions per year for each of them. Game streaming honestly has become arguably the most effective marketing vector for free-to-play PC and console games over the last five years. I expect top streamers to become regulars on the highest paid game industry employee charts. It's not easy to be in a top streamer. I don't envy them at all. Like it's a hard hustle. You're competing against tens and thousands, maybe a hundred thousand people to be up there. But you know, these two hustled. They did it, and now they're going to reap the rewards. And you know what? It, it really is like a, such an amazing marketing piece, and it's such an intimate experience between the streamer and the people watching the stream that if you can get your game featured on these streams, it's like it's way better than any commercial could ever do for your game. Uh, next up in business news, we got some acquisitions. Uh, Epic acquires Cubic Motion, so that's an interesting one. For the proverbial undisclosed amount, Epic has acquired the self-described, quote, world leader in computer vision and facial animation technology, Cubic Motion. So Cubic Motion has been used on AAA titles such as God of War 2018 and Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. But as very impressive tech demos that, done with, that they've done with Epic over the last few years that are on their website, all Cubic Motion employees will be re it to stay in Epic and Cubic Motion will continue to work with external partners that aren't a part of Epic. Honestly, this is a major acquisition for Epic. Unreal is already seen as the highest quality game engine on the market. And if Cubic Motion's technology is bundled with Unreal, it'll be kind of like an unparalleled offering. And uh, that every developer will have tech that was previously only available to AAA Studios. So Good job. Not to be outdone, though, Unity has acquired Artomatics. So the other big game engine in the world, Unity, has acquired Artomatics, the creator of Art Engine Toolkit. Art Engine uh, kind of looks like specifically helps create and generate realistic-looking materials for 3D models. Unity has yet to specify if at all Art Engine will be integrated into Unity, but still, again, another impressive acquisition. So Epic got facial um, animations and realistic, like realistic facial animations and computer vision. Unity got material generation. I mean, <laughs> we're all the benefit. Our game developers are the ones who really benefit from these acquisitions. And uh, let's hope they continue. So some fundraising news. Lintzwork raises $3.4 for new unannounced titles. So Lintzwork is known for their kind of like Ninja Magic game Aragami, and now has officially taken their first fundraising round. GameSeer is the lead and sole investor for this fundraising round. Uh, Lynch's work boasts that Aragami has sold over 500,000 copies since 2016. So 
It'll be interesting to see what their follow-up is. Uh, they released Origami in 2016, so it's been four years. So likely they have something cooking. Um, it's kind of weird to raise money this late. I'm curious to see what it is. And finally, Mod.io raises $1 million in seed round to help developers support the modding community. So Mod.io is an API to help developers support mods, modding community, and Mod.io's modding marketplace. The seed round was led by Play Ventures. You've heard Play Ventures mentioned here every week. They're uh, one of the mainstays in game investing. The funding will go towards expanding support from PC to consoles, mobile, and VR platforms. Honestly, Mod.io is a pretty interesting take on modding. I've never looked at Mod.io like technically, but it boasts a clientless API that can bring your game to the entire modding community. And that's pretty powerful if it translates <clears throat> to higher engagement and sales, which a lot of people claim modding does actually. So pretty good. Um, the final story this week, I normally don't plug other people's podcasts, um, but there is a great podcast uh, by Epic Games co-founder or Epic Games founder uh, and CEO Tim Sweeney. And it was on the Game Maker's Notebook by the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences. So type in Game Maker's Notebook in your podcast app and look up episode 51 with Tim Sweeney. I obviously can't ever interview Tim Sweeney because A, I've talked shit about him before on here, and B, uh, I'm a nobody, and (laughs) Tim Sweeney's like one of the most powerful people in the industry. So in place of me interviewing him, he actually dropped some incredible insights from his perspective on that podcast, and he's interviewed by the CEO of Insomnia Games. So honestly, two giants going at it, talking about the game industry, I recommend everyone go out, check it out. And all right, that's it for this week in games. If you like what you hear, please hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast app. Also, leave a comment and let me know how I'm doing. You can email me at eric, E-R-I-C, at thisweekingames.com if you have any comments or suggestions on future stories. So that's it for this week in games. It looks like everyone's going under lockdown for the next week. Play some video games. Make some video games. Everyone stay safe out there and i'll see you guys next week on this week in games bye